Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everyone, to episode 213 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we are going to continue with our Bye Felicia series. So we are going to say goodbye to the Atlanta Hawks, the Dallas Mavericks, the Washington Wizards, and the Memphis Grizzlies. Before we do all of that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? I'm not a happy man, Brian. I, I'm very upset because last time during our Bye Felicia segment, mm-hmm. we were talking about the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> and somehow we did not pick up on the fact that we could have named it Bye Felicio. Right. Well, we could have, but they aren't going to be able to get rid of Felicio. So, <laughs> so the when fault, they do, yeah. when they stretch him, inevitably, right, right. We, we have a breaking news episode that we entitled by Felicio. That, that seems reasonable. Yeah. That's fine. All right. I'm happy again. That's a, that's a fine one. Okay. Good. Good. Um, well, a disclaimer before we start. We were considering talking about the Lakers today because LeBron James is now done for the season, joining every other member of the Lakers. But we've talked about them enough in recent weeks and like the whole Luke Walton coaching situation. It seems like there's a new rumor popping up every day. So instead of talking about them today, we're going to push them back a little bit. We're just going to keep going in reverse order down the standings, basically. So our next by Felicia will involve the Lakers and we'll have all sorts of offseason discussion about them. But... We want to focus today on a few teams that we haven't touched on much in the last few weeks and few months, and we really won't touch on again until the draft lottery. Um, So we're pushing the Lakers down just like there are in the standings? Right, exactly, yeah. Too too far out to be good enough to tank and, yeah, whatever. Or even be relevant for this podcast right now. (laughs) Right, exactly, yeah. (laughs) Here's the big takeaway. Here's the Lakers takeaway for the next week and a half. Do not watch any more of their games. There is no point. Their season is over. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, but more, oh, let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. Yes, let's. They are, I think they're like one of the most interesting teams from mm-hmm. a team building perspective moving forward. Because, you know, for all of these teams, we're going to talk about the positives and then what they have to do in the summer to, for the, all these lottery teams at least, to like get back into playoff contention, get their franchise back on the right track. I think the Hawks, it's harder to find negatives than positives, even though, you know, they're the fifth worst team in the standings. But they really only started, like, this full-scale rebuild this year. And, man, like, 
they've hit so many picks in the last year or two. Yeah, they have. Um, if you the, the only way you can kind of angle it to towards being a little bit negative is, would you rather have that the Dallas Mavericks pick mm-hmm. conveys later on in a presumably deeper draft mm. than now? That is the literally the only worst case scenario I can come up with. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So let's start with Trey Young, and I mean, let, let's start with the positives. We'll hit the rookie of the year thing in a second, but mm-hmm. I mean, he started off, and we expected this. He he started off somewhat hit or miss. He struggled with his efficiency early on, which was I mean that was no surprise. He did that in the summer league too. It was like we expected that from him. You know, right. the first month or so of the season, he had a couple single-digit scoring games, which is like, that's fine. Then, I mean, as the year has gone on, he's just gotten progressively more comfortable and more confident. And, like, now you can see, I mean, that, that Luka trade, you know, when it happened, we all kind of were like, oh, this is, this is going to bite the Hawks in the butt. But, you know, now over his past, like, two months, basically... The kid's averaging 24 points, 9 assists, shooting almost 40% from three. He's got already probably one of the most lethal step-backs in the NBA. He's got right. incredible range, great passing vision. I mean, you can really see this kid as a cornerstone of the Hawks franchise moving forward. Uh, agreed. All throughout, look, he's averaging 19 points, 8 assists a game, and you know, getting to the foul line five times, hitting two triples, and he's doing that in less than 31 minutes of play. Like, his... <laughs> His production on a permanent basis is just ridiculous, and he's 20 years old. Yeah. The, the thing with him was when we said that back in you know back last year, I think part of it was obviously the Luca Luca Doncic mania, which I'm right. I'm still a part of Luca mania. <clears throat> yeah. I'm still on that, and I still think ultimately Dallas got a terrific deal out of this because they got Luca Doncic, and I still think in the foreseeable future, maybe throughout the rest of their careers he will be the superior player. Mm-hmm. Having said that, you know, it. Trey Young is going to be just fine. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. Like, at no point will Dallas, or, or sorry, Atlanta, have to look back and go, well, you know, we really screwed up by that, by taking that deal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we really had a <laughs> had a hell of a time. Like, you know, the Robert Tractor Trailer, Dirk Nowinski kind of trade. Like, no, it's never going to be one of those lopsided trades that you'll revisit in 10, 20 years unless Trey gets hurt and knock on wood it doesn't happen right so that's the biggest thing yeah. and we don't know what the other pig is gonna become mm-hmm. um, obviously but if we just kind of ignore that in the grand scheme of things and just compare Trey to Luca from a statistical standpoint it absolutely looks great for both teams yeah I will say the added size and strength for Luca will probably allow him to have a longer career and a more mm-hmm. efficient career moving forward. But, you know, it's fine. It, it Trey is going to be, a, at the very least, a 10 to 12-year starter. Right. And he's probably going to make at least a couple or three or five All-Star games during that span. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to be a hell of a player. and One of the primary playmakers in the league. That's perfectly fine. And they found a way to complement a game with John Collins. So John Collins was there already, but still, I mean, those two fit like a glove. You have Torian Torian Prince just spotting up and hitting threes. Kevin Herter moving around screens. I mean, they really only need a big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Who is is the one guy 
who can play both forward position or both big positions and who will help turn a franchise around if you win the lottery. Hmm, who might that be? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have both pegged Atlanta as one of our favorite Zion destinations, but so you you brought up an interesting point that I want to get back to in a second on the draft conveyal from Dallas, but right. First, I, I want to briefly touch on Rookie of the Year. We'll do a whole awards pod in a week or so. Um, but, I mean, sorry. Yay! <laughs> so much looking forward well, to I mean, you know, because Trey has come on so hot, especially since the All-Star break, but even before that, I have seen a lot more chatter of like, oh, well, Trey Young's now the Rookie of the Year. Like, oh, give these guys co-Rookie of the Year. And no. it might just be me, but like... I, you have to still remember the first month or two months of the season when you're talking about Rookie of the Year. Like, yes, Trey Young has been as good, if not better, than Luka for, like, the last month or so. But that doesn't mean Luka wasn't worlds better than him for the first two months. You have to. It's a season-long award here. It's not just, like, who got right. hot in March. Otherwise, Dario Saric would have been the Rookie of the Year two years ago. Right, and Luka didn't fall off a cliff. In no. the meantime, like while while Trey was going up, Luca remained good and remained right. in the top. Like if if he had fallen down, dropped down significantly, then yeah, you would have had a legit conversation. But like, let's not go crazy. Right, right. There was one day. What was it? On I guess March twenty third, Luca or Trey Young had thirty two points and eleven assists. He's the one that was the game they beat Philly, and like he hit that teardrop over Jimmy Butler late and I saw everyone's like oh rookie of the year rookie of the year and then Luca dropped a triple double to beat the Warriors by 35 that night <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I remember that yeah like okay guys we we get it but chill it's it's still Luca that said Trey is fantastic a huge reason to be optimistic moving forward for the Hawks the point about the draft is really interesting because right now Atlanta is fifth in the lottery standings Dallas is sixth it's a top five right. protected pick if Dallas stays put in this position, is a 37.2% chance to move into the top four. Otherwise, it's going to go to Atlanta. So what? Where, where do you stand in terms of would they prefer, like the pick is top five protected this year. It's top five protected next year. Top three in 21 and 22, and then unprotected in 2023. So if you're the Hawks, would you prefer getting it this year or would you want it in future years? Well, so there are several layers to this. One is you have to assume that Dallas becomes significantly better as Luka ages and, Mm -hmm. you know, they find the right complementary pieces. And if that happens, obviously Dallas's record will be so much better that the the draft pick is going to lessen in value. Yeah. So that's one thing to consider. However, if there is another year, maybe even two, where Dallas is, you know, still finding their feet and trying to figure out what to do moving forward then I would prefer that pick, at least for Atlanta's perspective, to come at a later point because this draft isn't really all that great. Mm-hmm. However, if it lands at six, like specifically, number yeah. six, which is like the, the highest Atlanta can get this year, mm-hmm. it's fine. Like that's that's okay. You can get a solid piece at that point. You can get a DeAndre Hunter, yeah. maybe even a Brandon Clark, someone like that. You can get a difference maker. Uh, not someone who changes the entire course of your franchise, but someone who can come in and play like a full-time starter for many years. And right. and that's obviously perfectly fine. What I would do if I got that pick, and I also had the number five, I would probably 
make a lot of phone calls、mm-hmm. and see how far up I can go.、Mm-hmm. Because if I can move up to three, and I have a guarantee that Jared Culver is there, yeah, at three,、mm-hmm. I do it. I、yeah. actually do it. Do you slide Herder to the three? No, I probably play Culver at the three because he's、oh. a lot bigger than you. You know, he's listed six five, six six. But、yeah. now I've I've seen so much of him that I'm absolutely convinced he's much taller.、Mm. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, for me, you brought up the point, and I think this is right that Dallas is going to be better, presumably even next year. You know, they will have Kristaps Porzingis back.、Um, It's gonna be more than a year removed from the ACL. Like I, I think you have to assume that if the pick conveys this year, this is the best it's going to be.、Uh, yes, it's a weak draft, but I, I still think if you can get two top eight picks, even I mean Dallas is slotted to be sixth right now, but even if they slide down a little bit, like even if you can't get Culver, you could walk out with a DeAndre Hunter and either Jackson Hayes or Bull Bull. And suddenly you、mm-hmm. have a a young starting five of those two guys plus young Herder and Collins, like that's one of the most intriguing young cores in the NBA, I think. Oh yeah, I mean, look, look, honestly, at this point, even though they haven't even made their selections, just the fact that they may have two additional lottery picks、yeah. in the top ten and the current roster, it's already one of the most intriguing、right? lineups in the NBA. Yeah, and they for sure. They're, I mean, cap wise, they're doing great. Like Kent Bazemore、yep. has a nineteen point three million dollar player option. You're gonna have to assume he picks that up. Miles Plumlee's under contract for twelve point five million for another year. But after that, they have nothing. They have no、mm-hmm. bad contracts on their books after twenty nineteen twenty twenty. So they and、right. like, even if those guys stay on the roster, their inclusive total right now, not including draft picks, is sixty point five million. Which you know, factor in the picks, they'll probably have at least. You know, thirty plus million in cap space this summer. Now, I don't think、yep. they're in the bidding for a star free agent, just because they're not. They're like a year or two removed from you know, being at a point in the rebuild where you're able to attract that caliber of player. But what do you think they should do with that cap space? Should they go after the you know do what like the Sixers did a couple years ago, go after vets on like one or two year balloon deals, just to like get them to the point of respectability that they start to attract. Star free agents? Do they sign guys to longer term deals that they want to flip later, or do they use that salary cap space, you know, take on bad contracts, get more assets, that kind of thing? So, here's the thing: I have always been a big proponent of using cap space when you have a lot of players on rookie contracts,、mm-hmm. because when those guys are up for extensions and those extensions kick in, that's a lot of cap space you won't ever see again, because、yep. that's going to clock your cap. So at some point you will need to cash in on the free agents market, or you know, as, as you trade for a guy who makes a lot of money. You know,、mm-hmm. either or, you need to make a big time acquisition that you can pair with the youngsters that are coming up for extensions in a couple of years.、Yeah. I think they should take the big meetings、uh, if they can. I think they should go and and see if they can secure themselves a meeting with KD and. I know it sounds crazy because they have Trey, but even Kyrie just、mm. and and with with some idea of hey you know you can play Kyrie at the two it doesn't matter it's it's more or less just to be able to show the league we can get meetings with these guys yeah I wouldn't and I, and then here's the problem if KD is like hey I want to come here 
And you look at his age, like thirty-one, <laughs> and you look at Trey, and you go, "Oh, that's that's not a great match." Right. But then you, you probably have to do it, and I don't I don't foresee the same drama as the Lakers with KD and LeBron. Like, no. I just don't. Yeah. Uh, he's because KD is the one the type of guy who just you can build around a little bit easier yeah. because he's a, mostly an off-ball player and he shoots a lot and he doesn't really dominate the ball the ball as much as LeBron. So and I think he doesn't that could have work. like his own agency that he shadow runs. That's <laughs> also true, and he's not. He doesn't have to fly back and forth to make Space Jam two or three right. or whatever. Right, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, there are definitely some some things there. I, I think you should take the big meetings, and mm-hmm. if you don't get a big fish, then I, I think you will be very much um, inclined to take on bad contracts for mm-hmm. but not necessarily the worst type of contracts. So, mm-hmm. I wouldn't take on a deal that runs like three years. I yeah. would take a deal that maybe runs for throughout next year for a team that just desperately wants to come off you yep. know, money. Yep. I'm looking at the Blazers. Yeah. If they can take Evan Turner and Myers Leonard mm-hmm. and just get a bunch of draft considerations, why not? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, yeah, it's the teams that are trying to duck the tax that I think you definitely target. Um, or, you know, we we will bring up the Hornets in every single discussion about bad contracts just because they have so many. But if Kemba leaves and if MJ is trying to shed salary, they're another logical place to look. If, if Kawhi leaves the Raptors, they might be trying to reshuffle their roster more significantly than they did. Um, wait, wait. So uh, you mean Kawhi to? You know, so oh, if you mean, Kawhi leaves the, the Raptors, then like they have Kyle Lowry on their books for thirty three point. Oh, you mean million. from Toronto's perspective? I was, yeah, I was thinking yeah. like if Kawhi actually goes to Atlanta. Oh, well, that be. I mean, <laughs> that would be great he, for Atlanta too. Yeah, it would, and he would fit better in terms of age wise. Yeah, than KD. I mean, I don't think any of these guys actually go there, but right, like. I agree with you. If they can get, they should try. There, you know, there's no harm in placing the phone call on July 1st or June 15th when it's actually happening. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's no harm in that. But their plan B, I think, should be some combination of take bad contracts if they because mm. salary cap space doesn't really matter yet for them. Like Trey Young's on the first year of his rookie deal, Collins on the second year of his, Herders on the first year of his. Torian Prince is the one guy that's coming up somewhat soon for an extension. Uh, he'll be eligible this summer, and there'll be a free agent in 2020, 2021. But I'm not convinced they've seen enough out of him that they're really sweating that all too hard yet. Oh, no. He's got restricted free agency written all over him. Yeah. So I I just think, especially next season, cap space doesn't matter to them. So if you take bad money for a year or two, that's fine. Uh, or I do think there is some there is some value... In signing vets to just bloated deals, but only one or two years, because a they can help you become more respectable on the court and like, you know, just boost your profile nationally to these star free agents who you're going to hopefully want to get at some point. Or for the next star that wants to force his way out, you need salary matching, and yep. if you sign a guy to a fifteen million dollar contract. That makes it a lot easier to, you know, or like a two-year deal where the second year is a team option or like is lightly guaranteed, that kind of thing. 
then it's salary matching plus your saving space for the other team. So I think that's the route Atlanta will go. I mean, they've they've done a masterful job so far with this rebuild. I, I you know, especially having lost Al Horford and Paul Millsap for nothing, to be where they are this quickly is really mm. impressive. I, I think there's a lot of if I'm a Hawks fan, I'm feeling really good about my team's future right now. Would you do John Collins and the fifth pick for Anthony Davis? Yeah. If Well, if he was going to stay. I, I would need assurance right. that he would stay. It would be on this year. But yes, absolutely. Yeah. Would you also include the sixth pick, assuming they get both? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I mean, but you're right. It means... It, why I'm asking is like they that w- they would at least have a very very attractive trade package to throw mm, into that ring yeah. in you know the Anthony Davis sweepstakes right yeah and they wouldn't have to match salary because they're so far under the cap right yeah that's interesting so they could offer New Orleans immediate cap relief as well right yeah but they they would have to have some assurance that he was going to stay beyond 2020 oh for sure like, which I don't yeah. think they'll hey. get. Let's give up John Collins and yeah, two right. top ten picks for a right. guy who's leaving in a year. Yeah, yeah. No. But I don't think Davis gives that assurance to really anyone but the Lakers, which I think makes Davis' yeah. trade talks difficult, which we'll, we'll right. address in our next by Felicia. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-sized prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance and now an ad from dad all right save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with progressive can i take these off all right what is this this looks good wow that's well made where did you get this i'm talking to you with the hair yeah where did you get this it's good stuff that's solid that's not veneer that's solid stuff progressive can't save you from becoming your parents but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Let's move since we we went to the Hawks. We might as well just move right to the Mavericks. Uh, we've already talked about their draft consideration, so we don't need to hit on that again. But you know, if we're looking for reasons for optimism for the Mavericks, Luka Doncic is the obvious one. I mean, the kid hushed any doubters like within the first three games of his NBA career. The can he do this against Marquette went out the window when he started doing this against real NBA teams. And, you know, he's Well, like, it didn't go out the window. It just became a very sarcastic conversation. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, is he still, he's still on pace right now. Yeah. He's averaging 27 and five. I think he would be, it's him and Oscar, right? The, are the yeah. only two who hit that as a rookie. And you, and you even did his numbers a little bit dirty. It's 21, 7.5, and, and almost 6. Right. Well, I think 27 and 5 is the... I'm going to double-check right now. I think that was the threshold that only yeah, that, that's Oscar, Oscar. hit before. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's Oscar. Yeah. So that that's decent company to be in, especially yeah. for a guy who, you know, was too fat to run his own team and all that good stuff. Yeah. And, and where you were worried about his toughness because he was European. Yeah. Right, right, right. I never yeah. took any of those things, you know, uh, 
seriously and, and no. personal, Brian. Whatever. <laughs> no. I wasn't well, upset. No, I know. Yeah, you you actually bought into it. You were the biggest Lucas yeah. skeptic out there. Absolutely. Like those damn damn Europeans. They never yeah. did anyone any good. Right. So yeah. So he's he's a superstar already. I think it's yeah. easy to say yeah. that. Like he, yeah, of course. They, they immediately, like, this is probably Dirk's last year, even though he refuses to admit it. Like, Adam Silver has all but pushed him out of the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say, like, I love the thing of the All-Star break. Where it's like, have you seen him move down the court? Of course this is his last year. Like, yeah. <laughs> God damn, Adam Silver. That's, that's mean. Uh, but, like, they, they now have gone from Dirk, and now they have... They have another star in Luca. Like Lucas is going to be the face of that franchise for the next fifteen to twenty years if everything goes right. Right. Yep. And it and it has to because he's that good. Yeah. But then they also at the trade deadline, they stole Kristaps Porzingis from the Knicks. They did. And now you suddenly have the like you could not come up with a more perfect fit in terms of like on court partner than Kristaps Porzingis to Luka Doncic. Well, maybe maybe one guy who. Dallas may end up getting if they win the lottery. Oh, Zion? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've been talking about Zion. Like, if you have Kristaps at center, Zion at the four, and Luka doing whatever, wherever, mm-hmm. that's fine. I think That'll you could be... even reverse it. I think you put Zion at center and Kristaps at the four, because Kristaps doesn't want to play center, right? Well, fine by me. I don't care. Yeah. As long as you just have those three on the court at the same time, it's going to be like pick and pop, pick and roll, alley-oops. It's going to be fantastic. I would love yeah. that. I, I mean, I, I think that... Like, Zion, in terms of fit with his front court partner, it's going to be hard to find. You need, like, a great weak side shot blocker and floor stretcher because I do think his ideal fit is at center. He's just too big at 6'7", 285. I don't think you want him chasing around stretch fours all the time. I think he wears down eventually. I think you mm. want him playing. But he's, you know, he's not big enough to go against a Joel Embiid or a... Jonas Valanciunas or someone like that who that's I guess that's a bad example but Joel Embiid or Al Horford whatever um you don't want him wearing down that way either you want a guy like Kristaps who is a pretty good shot blocker in his own right who could help out on the weak side I I mean John Collins in that same regard like I I think both of those guys would be great fits whereas like I don't know how a Zion DeAndre Ayton front court works like, they would have to figure it out, but I yeah. don't know that that's going to maximize Zion's skill set in the way that slotting next to Kristaps would. So here's the thing about Zion. We kind of talked about this with with Ricky real quick, and this is why I really love the idea of Zion, especially next to Luka Dantich. Zion is so quick, it doesn't really matter where you slot him in position-wise. Like, there's yeah. this old mantra, you are the position that you defend. Right, right. <laughs> Look, that was true... You know, 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago. Not mm-hmm. true anymore. Now you just, like, because everyone is switching, you're free roaming. Like, it's yeah. just, it's not relevant anymore. Right. I, I think Zion could basically play three through five and even be, like, the primary ball handler. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Like, he's, it doesn't matter. He is totally positionless, which is yeah. very intriguing. Um, and, and in some capacity, Luka Doncic is the same way. You can right. play him as your leading ball handler. You can play him off the ball. You can even play him a little bit in the post here and there. Like having those two just like changing things up and switching things up and having uh, Porzingis just you know popping out for three and blocking shots, that could be extremely exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I think if from Dallas's perspective, you know, if if Atlanta wants that pick to convey this year, just because it's going to be the highest it probably will be, I think Dallas, for the same reason, would like to keep that pick this year because realistically, if you add a top, if they move up, they would have to be a top four. So if you add a top four pick to Luca and Kristaps, you realistically expect, I mean, probable playoff contention next year. Like the, oh, yeah, their roster sure. is pretty bare bones aside from those two guys. I mean, they have Hardaway Jr. there for another year. They have Courtney Lee there for another year. But like, they really—it's a blank slate aside from that. So, <laughs> you know, you would have a lot to figure out. But like that starting core should at least get you in the mix, even if you're not a, even if you don't make the playoffs next year, you're going to be much further down in the lottery. So I think from Dallas's perspective, you want that pick. You want to add another piece, whether it's, I mean, ideally Zion. Would you think John Morant would be a fit there? Or would you look for someone like Culver or DeAndre Hunt or R.J. Barrett even instead? No, I actually think Morant will make a little bit more sense in Dallas than he would, for example, the, you know, Chicago or Phoenix, as we talked about last episode. Mm-hmm. Because they had so many uh, scorers and so many players who needed the ball in their hands, whereas Luka is fine playing both on and off the ball. Mm-hmm. And Kristaps is more or less just a pig and pop player. Like he, yeah. he doesn't take up a ton of possessions, so you could allow Morant to just run the show as a primary ball handler, and make sure you stagger his minutes with Luca as much as possible, so both guys really get a sense of having the ball in their hands. Yeah, yeah, and you can. I mean, you could always have one of those two on the floor. Also, Dallas they need a new JJ Barea. John Morant could be rich man's JJ Barea for them. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he's speedy enough, and he's sure hell, sure as hell like the same caliber playmaker, if not better, a lot better actually. Right. Exactly. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, that was that that was selling John Morant very short, but oh, for, yeah. but no, well, the worst case scenario is probably there actually. Yeah. Well, I and so. even still, I mean, like JJ has been just so sneaky effective for them for like a freaking decade now. You know? Like, yeah. They, Drastically they really, underrated. Yeah, they have had success with multiple ball handlers in that system. They do have Jalen Brunson, too, who's actually shown some promising signs, especially for a second-round pick. So they, they do have some young talent. I think Kristaps is going to be tricky because, for one, and we can't go into like too many details here because we really don't know anything. But right. you know, yesterday, some disturbing news came out about him being accused of a rape um, the night he tore his ACL. Uh, the Knicks knew about it. They told the Mavericks about it during the trade call. The Mavericks, you know, they've been advised not to comment. Um, so we really just don't know any details here. We don't know whether the NBA... Oh, we know the NBA have been in over as well, right? They, they yeah, know. yeah, like, everyone knows about it. Everyone knew about it behind the scenes. It's been uh, being investigated for, by the New York police for a while. So we don't know what's going to happen here. He, Kristaps has not been charged yet. Um, we don't know if he's going to be or not. We don't know if the league is going to punish him or not. Like, it, There's just a lot of uncertainty there, so it's like unfair for us to speculate either way. Um, right. And, and think, we should just elaborate on that one. Like, <laughs> the reason we don't know whether the, the league will punish him or not is because we don't know if he's guilty or not. Like, just, right, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like we, th- this is all very new information like when i was right. i was at a concert last night 
and went on Twitter and saw like the trending topics where Kristaps Porzingis. I was like, oh boy, that's you know that that is not what I expected to read about Kristaps Porzingis last night. So yeah, yeah, there's just not a lot of information out there. But you know, let's for now we just have to you know evaluate this in the context of like that's looming, but assuming he gets cleared. We just have to, you know, from the Mavericks' perspective of, like, what, how do they handle him this summer? He's a restricted free agent. Mm. They have, you know, basically said, like, we're going to keep him on a max deal, most likely. Or it seems like they're alluding to a max deal, at least. It's like Mark Cuban has basically said, like, Kristaps is going to be here for a long time. So, right. with all of this in mind, if you're the Mavs, do you just give him a five-year max July 1st? I mean, p- pending <laughs> the investigation and all that, yeah. I yeah. mean, if, if if it turns out that everything is on the up and up and he didn't do anything, you absolutely do, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, I mean, I, again, we can't really comment on this because it's, oof, it's such a touchy subject, but maybe you write something, some language into the contract that mm-hmm. if on a later date it turns out that he's convicted of something... Uh, then the contract is is voidable or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems right. And then, what do you expect from him? He's now a year and a half removed. Or by the time the right. season starts next year, he's a year and a half removed from the ACL tear. What do you expect from him next year? I have no idea because that this was kind of the worst case scenario in my mind. When he, when he mm-hmm. tore his ACL, you and I we had a we had, we recorded an episode. One mm-hmm. of the first thing I said was. I wanted him to get back and just play a couple of games this year just mm-hmm. to get, you know, his legs under him. Yeah. Because, and I used Derek Rose as an example. Rose set out the entire 2013-2014 season. No, 2012, uh, 2012 2013-2013. Yeah, 2012-2013, yeah. yeah. And then he set out primary, most of the next season as well because of the meniscus. That's how it went. But the fact that he set out a full year, I, I think it really hurt him coming back. Um because you just you you lose that acclamation to the NBA and you mm-hmm. lose the acclamation of, of like the fans and the stadium and the lights and all that. Whereas if he had played just a you know five ten games, just gotten himself back on the court and experienced everything, you would have taken that into the off season. And I, I think that gra- matters greatly in terms of like the psychological effect and just mm-hmm. the mentality. So it's unfortunate that Kristaps didn't get healthy enough to play a single game this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, the guy was an all-star before he went down. I hope he gets back to the form he showed. I think playing next to Luka, he's going to be a star if he's fully healthy and avoids any complications. And hopefully the year off, you know, his, he, he strengthened his lower body. I'm sure the Mavericks training staff and even the Knicks training staff before that had really worked on ways to prevent injury moving forward. So, right. yeah, I mean, the the contract negotiations are going to be tricky this summer because I don't think you can just no-brainer five-year max, you know, like no, uh, no conditions in the contract. Like, it's not going to be a Carl Anthony Town situation where it's just like, yep, take all the money, you're fine, you're fine. You yeah, know, yeah. It's, I don't think you can do what the Sixers did with Joel Embiid, where it's like half of it's only guaranteed because of the injury. Like he, Chris Stapps didn't have the injury concerns that 
I mean, no one had the injury concerns that Bede had. Um, so yeah, right. it's going to be a it's a really thorny situation for the Mavericks, but and and a with, delicate one, right? But with all that said, like they they exited last season with neither Luca or Kristaps. They now enter next season with both of those guys. Like in the span of twelve months, they went from, I mean, they they still have Dirk, so like, but he's not the caliber of franchise player that he was. So they they effectively went from zero franchise players because Dirk just doesn't factor in as that type of cornerstone moving forward. Oh, you don't have to like explain I know, yourself. But, I think but, everyone is on the same page. Dirk was just, washed. Right. I just, I just want to show respect. I'm not saying Dirk is not a franchise centerpiece for ever, but like I think Dirk will be the first one to yeah. agree with him. I mean, if we had Dirk on this podcast, he would just sit there and nod and go, "Yeah, no, right. I've sucked for 3 years now." <laughs> but now they have two guys who they really could I mean, like, that should be the foundation of the franchise, again, for the next, like, decade or so, if everything goes right. So, I'm more, I'm higher, potentially, on the Hawks' future, just because you could see more things coming to fruition there than you can in Dallas, where it's really, again, just, like, a blank slate. But, like, for a blank slate, this is one hell of a starting point. Mm. Now imagine if you merged those two teams and you had Chris Tupps, John Collins, Luca, oh and Trey. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Maybe we should just force them to consolidate. Can, can I mean consolidate? Right. <laughs> I mean they should. Like, consolidation yeah. is the way forward. I mean yeah. it will improve the the quality of the product significantly. Right. I would love that. Yeah. yeah. Then, then we could have so, nothing but super teams. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> then LeBron LeBron would lose all his power. <laughs> so yeah. I have a question to you. Okay. Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh-huh. was acquired in the Knicks deal as well. Yep. You know, there was I, I was actually cautiously optimistic about him going to Dallas specifically because he was playing under Rick Carlisle. Mm. And Carlisle is, is just a fantastic coach. Like, he yeah. really understands how to squeeze production out of his players. Sure. And, you know, in, tw- in 19 games, almost 20, Hardaway is scoring, you know, 15 and a half a game. He's only hitting 40.4% from the field, 32 from three. Like, he hasn't really found his footing in Dallas so far. Mm-hmm. But I have this sneaky suspicion that having a full offseason, a full training camp under Carlisle, and getting just acclimated to Luka Dantich, yeah, I think you could kind of look at him next year and go, oh, he, he might be a lot better. Like, he might become an impactful player even. Like, he was yeah. always just a gunner, when even when he played. You know, he started his career out with the Knicks, actually, and then he went to Atlanta and then back to New York. And he was always this gun-first mentality which mm-hmm. does have its place. He was just grotesquely overpaid in that role. <laughs> right. But I have a feeling that Dallas can sort of turn this, turn, turn his tendencies into something good. Am I wrong well, for thinking that? No, I think he's just miscast as a primary scoring option because then he's right. like, and you're enabling him to lean into his bad tendencies of shot making. But if you add... Who you know if they add a lottery pick or not, you still have Luca and Kristaps, so you're gonna push him to the number three role immediately, and I think mm. that is more of a that's more fitting. Like it, it, he just needs to understand his place in the pecking order better, and right now because it's Luca and nothing else, you're you're basically enabling him to lean into take twenty bad shots a game. But if right. you have Luca and Kristaps, 
Rick Carlisle will not have any tolerance for that kind of a mentality next year. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we see a better version of Tim Hardaway, the version that we saw in his final season with the Hawks, where he was actually, I mean, that was his most efficient season. You know, 45.5 from the field, 35.7 from three. Like, that player still exists. He's not, you know, he's only 27. Like, he's not all that old, but it's just, he's been on... I mean, the, the Knicks have been terrible. He's been on nothing but mostly bad teams for, you know, except for his Atlanta tenure. So, right, like, you need to condition that out of him quickly. But, yeah, I, I think there's reason to be optimistic there. I was kind of thinking that, you know, you we've seen players who have adapted to the NBA by becoming prolific three-point shooters. Like, the first one who pops in mind was Channing Fry. Remember, yeah. he, was, he was mostly a pivot player then kind of began taking a lot of mid-rangers, and then suddenly he just said, sod it, and started taking 500 threes a year. Yeah. I think it could maybe behoove Tim. I know he takes a lot of threes. Like He's taking over seven, almost seven and a half in Dallas in under 30 minutes. So a similar volume, but just using the offseason and going, you know what, I need to sharpen that three-pointer. I really need to become like a knockdown long-range shooter, and it doesn't matter if... I'm going to have to change my game and primarily just spot up mm-hmm. because my goodness, he could prolong his career. He could improve his reputation to be honest. Mm-hmm. And he could be one of those guys who becomes very attractive to, well, to every team because he would be a three point shooter first and foremost, and not one of those herky jerky. Let me dribble 16 times before I pull up on a contested, a long contested two pointer. Right. Mm-hmm. It would be a different type of player. I, I and I really hope that during the exit meeting that it'll have at the end of the season that Carlisle just like lays out a plan for him, mm-hmm. because like you, I do see a world wherein he could kind of redeem himself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer, <laughs> this might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. Are you tired of not earning anything on your hard-earned money? Your path to more money starts with a certificate from Pathways Financial Credit Union. Right now, earn a 2.68% annual percentage yield on a 60-month certificate with a minimum balance of just $500. Great rates like this have helped make Pathways the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Earn more on your money. Stop by any convenient location or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. Uh, now that we've talked about two teams that we are high on moving forward, let's go to one that we are not so high on, the Washington Wizards. And it it sucks. We've talked about them uh, in the wake of John Wall's Achilles injury, but man, that I mean, it just that that injury in particular, the Achilles injury for a guy who's reliant on his athleticism, it's an injury yeah. that it's really hard to come back from and get back to your your like previous heights. He's entering the first year of his four year one hundred and seventy million dollars supermax contract next next season. It 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 was already even before that injury that contract looked like an albatross, 
I think there is no question it's the worst contract in the NBA right now. And oh, yeah. And it, it's just they can't do anything about it. Like, they, there is no team in the NBA that will take on that contract without – I mean, I, I don't know if you could – it might be untradeable. I know we say that about a lot of contracts and, then like, Timothy Mozgov gets traded, whatever. But, like, the, the length of the deal right. and – I just don't know any team that's in position to accept a four-year deal for a, a John Wall coming off of an Achilles injury. Like, I know he's right. a multi-time all-star, but, like, it, I think it's just going to sink this franchise. It sucks, but, like, I, I don't see an alternative here. I think it's completely fair to say that it's untradeable. Here's why. The NBA no longer have these, you know, mega seven-year contracts. Right. For for anyone to look at the John Wall contract and go, oh, I could if I acquire him, I could get a better deal, would require for you to have a horrible five year contract on your hands. Mm-hmm. Who has that? Not right. Not anyone. No one has right. a horrible five year contract on their hands. Like the closest thing you come to a horrible horrible contract is Andrew Wiggins, really, and he's yeah. got what three years left. Uh, no, I think this he four. would be four as well. Yeah, this is the first because oh yeah, he signed for five. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he signed. Yeah, he signed for five. <laughs> yeah, um, and he has four years left. So that's but that's for for like a lot less money than Wall. Yeah. So even then, it doesn't even make sense. It's just right. It's one of those deals where it forced Washington's hand. And honestly, yeah. I'm going to be positive right now. Okay. Because of this injury, Washington may be forced into finding a new identity. Mm-hmm. They may be because look, let's be real for a second. They have to trade Bradley Beal this summer. I understand yeah. that he's great. He is absolutely yeah. great. You want to build around him. Thing is, with John Wall clocking up that much cap space, right? There's just no way you'll get you know players to surround Bradley Beal because the money yeah. won't be available. Yep. You need to hit the big, red, buzzing rebuild button. Yep. And that starts and ends with Bradley Beal, who is outstanding. I hate that we can't swear on this podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 26 yeah. points, 5.1 rebounds, 5.5 assists, a steal and a half, almost a block a game as well, and not one of those you know four or five turnovers a game type of guys. Like right. 2.8 turnovers a game. Yeah. 200 plus threes this year. Just, he's outstanding. He is outstanding. One of the premier shooting guards in the NBA. And he's, what, 25 or 26? I think 25. 25, yeah. Still super young. Super young. This is the year to trade him. Coming off that season, this is the year to trade him. Because you can get a ton. So you ask, you don't even care if you take on bad deals. Like, theoretically... Go trade uh, Bradley Beal for Andrew Wiggins. Like, mm. go for it. Just make sure you get a ton of draft picks. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's like it's really tough because Bradley Beal, since John Wall went down, has been a superstar. Like, these are the types of guys you tank for, and you right. want like they're the types of guys you don't give away. But I think you nailed it. Like. Bradley Beal's only under contract for two more years. There is no way Bradley Beal is looking at this Wizards roster. I mean, depending on... (laughs) No matter what they do, they almost can't have cap space 
this summer because they were already talking about right. like bringing back Trevor Ariza and Tomas Sadoransky. They're probably going to re-sign Bobby Portis. So that's going to cap them out already. After this well, year... Well... Okay. No, it will. I mean... I'm, they have I'm not eight... so sure about them re-signing Bobby, though. Oh. Well, I mean, right now, no matter what they do, they only, they already have $83.9 million in guaranteed salary on the books. Right. Because of Wall, Beal, and Mahinmi. Mahinmi still has one year, $15.4 million left. Right. right. So they only have four players under contract next year. Those three at Troy Brown Jr., and that's $83.9 million. Who's They're, been better, by the way? Uh, Give me yeah. credit. He's barely playing still. No, no, he's he started. Uh, I know, but like he he's not. Just give he, me this one, Brian. I'm begging. I will not. He was never going okay. to play much. They still won't play him. <laughs> um. So like they, I the, even if you don't resign any of those players, you have right eighty what like twenty five million in cap space, not counting your draft pick, and you're gonna have to fill out an entire roster. Yeah, you won't have meaningful cap space, regardless of what happens. Even if all of your free agents leave, um, agree. And Dwight Howard is probably going to pick up his player option because why wouldn't he? He's like he hasn't played basketball all year. Uh, no, he's been he's been lying down. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's next season. You have to write off next season already because Wall's going to miss most, if not all, of the year. Then Beal's only under contract for one more season after that. Yeah. And like you can offer him the Supermax. If he gets third team all NBA this year, he'll be eligible for the Supermax. But if I'm Bradley Beal, no amount of money is gonna make me piss away my entire future on this team. I would agree. Um and that that's why I think it's just it's time. It's time yeah. to say thanks for the seven, I wanna say. Seven years? Six years? Uh they got him in twenty twenty twelve, right? Yeah. Yep. Same draft as AD. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the seven years, you know, for becoming an all-star, becoming one of the premier perimeter players in the league. Now it's time to do something else. Yeah. So CPA related question. Mm-hmm. We agree, right, that if you are a team that trades your draft pick for a player on draft night, like mm-hmm. on the actual draft night, you're also allowed to trade the pick next year, right? Because at that point, when you're active, then it, it doesn't be, matter. It has to be after you pick. Right. But yeah. 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 Okay. Well, you can still meet, make a deal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then make yeah. it official at later on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Minnesota, because I kind of like this idea. We remember when we were talking about Kemba Walker and we were like, don't combine Walker's contract with a bad deal. Right. Because you get less in return. So imagine you take a talent like Bradley Beal, right? Mm -hmm. And you even allow the team that you trade him to to attach a horrible contract. Mm. Like then his value actually increases significantly. Because not only does that team get in a potential all-NBA player, they also are relieved of a horrible contract. So let's say you trade... The, the yeah Andrew Wiggins the so far oh, oh, Minnesota oh, oh. is no, no so far so far oh, Minnesota is slotted for the tenth pick okay let's yeah. assume they stick around there the tenth pick and you make the deal after you know after the pick is made mm-hmm. then you trade the 
the twenty that what is that gonna be? The twenty twenty unprotected. Yeah. And I haven't even checked if they still have their twenty twenty. They but have I, all, I, all of their first round picks. They have all their first round picks. Okay, so unprotected twenty twenty and absolutely undoubtedly a top one protected twenty twenty two pick. I still don't the think good that's draft. enough. Well, hey, look, by all means, add stuff. Yeah. Add stuff. I, I'm okay with that. But like, like I, if you start with that, that's interesting. I don't think Minnesota has anything they could offer. If you're, if you're pushing Wiggins back to the, the Wizards, and they're going to have John Wall and Andrew Wiggins under contract through 2022, 2023, I just don't think there's anything they can offer to make that enticing. Unless, I mean, maybe, maybe it's like literally... The four unprotected picks, and yeah, make it like then, a Brooklyn Nets deal, and like throw in first round pick swaps on the odd years. Like, yeah, you need to give away everything because they. I mean, Akogi is like intriguing, but he's not. He's not a high enough level prospect that I think like. Agreed. Washington's like, oh yeah, okay, that that's the. I mean, you know, I. They have no no one under contract aside from Towns. Like, I would take Covington, but what what is Covington going to do? No, no, no. Not, I mean, look, you don't need established players. Right, exactly. So, like, then they're I, fine. Let's four, four picks. I, yeah. I'm all good with that. But, like, yeah. just imagine that. I mean, look, you're getting Bradley effing Beal, and you're oh, getting know. out of Andrew Wiggins' contract. Yeah. Like, that's worth it, right? <sighs> Oof. I, I still don't even know if the Wizards say yes. I, st- I honestly think they would not. All right. But, and that's well, not, like, a sign that they are well-managed. I just think they can't think that far ahead. I I think if, if they are going to call anyone this summer, I think it's the Lakers. I think if the Lakers strike out on Anthony Davis and they mm-hmm. don't get a superstar free agent, they are going to be desperate as all hell to get a sidekick for LeBron because they know how this season ended and they know they can't risk a repeat. So, so what do you trade? Call, I think they call the Lakers, and you know, I don't think you can get the package that the Lakers offered for Anthony Davis. At least I hope not, or else Magic <laughs> and Polinka are worse than we even imagined. But I think you target some combination of, you know, they'll have potentially they'll have most likely a late lottery pick. They still have Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, Hart. They have. Picks moving forward, I think you target some combination of that and say if you have a bad, they don't even have a bad contract on their books anymore because they waived Deng or they stretched yeah. him. That would have been I would have taken Deng back with some combination of young prospects and picks, but they also don't need to match salary because they're going to be so far under the cap. So, so you'd rather go with Los Angeles's ho hum. You know, kind of math supporting cast. Then you would go four picks for Minnesota. I not me personally, but oh, I think no, the Wizards just what you would. think. Yeah, okay. I, I think Ernie Grunfeld can't think that far ahead, and I think yeah. he knows people are out for his head, and I think he knows if he trades their best player for nothing more than draft picks that he won't be making because he's going to get fired. He's not going to do. But it. Are you sure of that, man? He's he's still he's the along with Gar Pack or John Paxson. He's like the longest tenured yeah. executive right now. Right. Or, or I, I don't know if he's the longest tenured, but like they've both been on the job for fifteen years. It seems like it's just impossible to fire Grunfeld. It's like a cockroach in a nuclear holocaust kind of thing. 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> this might be it. This this Achilles injury might have been the nuclear wasteland that gets Ernie fired because like they already started, you know, they went into the trade deadline saying, we're not going to trade Beal. We're not going to trade Otto Porter. We're not going to trade John Wall. Then John Wall tears his Achilles. Porter's gone immediately. They they yeah. have to be looking at Bradley Beal. I mean, the Ravens have to be circling this franchise. There is no way that 29 other teams are not looking at the Wizards, looking at their cap sheet, looking at John Wall's deal, looking at when Bradley Beal's, you know, coming up on free agency in 2021. You know they're going to start calling them this summer and be like, Bradley Beal's gone in two years. Like, you can yeah. you can wait to trade him, but his trade value is only going to go down. Like, you trade him now and we'll give you something really good for him. But, I mean, otherwise you're going to lose him for nothing in two years or you're going to call us back in a year and realize you're screwed and our offers are going to be worse. Oh, my. I, I may have an idea. Okay. So we're talking about Atlanta. If they have the number five and the number six pick... Ooh, ooh, that's interesting. Like I, I like Kevin yeah. Herter, but come on, he's not, right. he's not Bradley Beal. No, Trey Young, Bradley Beal, Torian Prince, John Collins, and whoever. Yeah, yeah, that's I kind of dig that. I mean, like, like we ju- we just talked about Bradley Beal's age. He's twenty five. Right. right. That's not far off that course age. Yeah. No, that's actually really interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Hmm. I mean, it's hard to even find another workable deal. That's the problem. Like, because yeah. a lot of teams just don't have the combination of picks and assets that you want. I get the Celtics would probably come sniffing around. <laughs> I mean, that would be. Look, don't get me wrong. Bradley Beal is fantastic, but if they end up with Bradley Beal after more or less promising their fan base for so many years that they'll go get Anthony Davis, I'm yeah. just, <laughs> I just, I don't. And if they lose Kyrie Irving in the process, you would just right. go, "Oh no, Boston!" Right, oh. right, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're definitely in agreement that Bradley Beal should not be a Wizard by the time the 2019 season starts. Right. So basically, I, I'm just, I'm putting a line in the sand. When my son is born in July, at that point in time, if Bradley Beal is still a wizard when my son is born, I'm upset at Ernie Grunfeld and the entire Wizards organization. Isn't he due, like, early July? July 5th, okay. on my wife's birthday, no less. Mm. Oh, wow. I don't yeah. know if I go that far, because I, I think I wait. I'm okay with it to see what happens with the Lakers this summer, because I really yeah. do think the desperation... Ratchets up to fifteen if they. Yeah, no. I want I want draft way. involvement, man. I want draft involvement. I mean, I, I think that's yeah. the best way to do it. Preferably, but I I think as a plan B, I don't think they're screwed if July fifth comes around, just because of the Lakers' possibility. But if there's enough chatter picking up in the days leading yeah. up to the draft or the days leading up to free agency, that like oh, the Lakers are definitely going to get Anthony Davis, or like, oh, Jimmy Butler is definitely going to the Lakers, then then, then you right. might have to make the plunge just, right now. At that point in time, like July 5th, most teams have at least dedicated some money to their like free agent costs. Yeah. Like you kind of know that teams have spent money, which will likely make a deal or a trade more difficult. Well, at we that don't point know. Because, I mean... We don't know when KD and Kawhi are going to sign. Like, sometimes those guys take 
a couple days of meetings and they gum up oh, that's the true. entire free agent process. While that's true, just remember that Kawhi signed on the first day back in 26, 2015, I want to say. Hmm. 15 or 16. Well, that was an Whenever he signed. Right? No, he hit restricted free agency. Remember? Oh, yeah. That was part yeah, of the yeah. deal so yeah. they could get LaMarcus. That was 2015. Well, I'm just thinking of KD because I know he went on July 4th uh, to the Warriors. So, and I don't necessarily think, especially given the KD Kyrie potential, I think we're <laughs> we're not in for like last last year was quick. LeBron chose on July first. It was I mean the summer was over then, by then basically. Paul George yeah, yeah. didn't even wait till July first. So like the big names were off the board early. This year I think it might take a little more time, and then yeah I mean like I I don't think the Wizards are totally blind fine if. I'll change. I'll change my outlook. If my so, son is um, when, when my son is a month old, there you go. And if yeah. there hasn't been any resolution, then I'm yeah. uh, then I'm gonna be pissed. Can then we? Can I'm we concerned. work? The, all right. Good. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance all right Mark, let's close things out with the memphis grizzlies who they are very they're like very much in the midst of a potentially painful rebuild they traded marcus all at the deadline for valanchunas delon wright cj miles and a second round pick mike conley is potentially the next guy out the door um but he's been playing really well i mean even like he had every reason to just mail it in after the trade deadline but still, instead, he's just, like, doing his same old Mike Conley thing. Um, on a related note, Jonathan Abrams of Bleacher Report had a really good feature on Mike Conley out this week. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely do. Because he, he, he's very, like, open and honest about his future. Where he's, like, you know, at the trade deadline, he said he like, couldn't sleep that night. And he expected to get traded. And he doesn't know what the future holds. Like, he basically said he doesn't want to be in a rebuild. So... Yeah, he doesn't know like if the Grizzlies are going to trade him this summer, whatever. Like if they don't, he's just going to like still go in and be a leader and provide a positive example in the locker room. But he's like at the same time, you know, I'm not young anymore. Like I want to be contending for championships right now. The Grizzlies are not in that place. Like this was always always going to happen. They had you know a great seven year run with the grit and grind Grizzlies, but like this is what happens. Players get older. You have to retool or rebuild or whatever um so they do have jaron jackson jr who i feel like has fallen kind of under the radar of late just because he's missed a lot of time um you know i think he's has he not even played since the all-star break yeah he's been out since the all-star breaks but like yeah he he and wendell carter jr have been grossly (laughs) forgotten about recently Yeah. yeah but like both of those guys are were phenomenal 
I mean, (laughs) if I'm the Grizzlies, I'm very excited about my future because of Jaron Jackson Jr. Because, like, that that kid is going to be a great, great NBA player. Like, Mm -hmm. I know we've all gone overboard with Luka and Trey, and, like, those two are so far ahead of everyone in their class. But, like, also, (laughs) Jaron Jackson Jr. is still a thing. Like, there there is still a non-zero chance that he turns out to be maybe even the best player in his class, at least top three in his class. Like, there's a lot of really good talent in this year's draft class. Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of them. So, if I'm a Grizzlies fan, that's that's what I'm looking forward to the most moving forward, is just, like, I have the perfect... I hate the term unicorn because we've overused it like hell, but... Yeah, like, everyone's a unicorn these days. Right. But he fits that mold. Yeah. No, he does. I mean, his rebounding needs to get better, but that's really literally the only thing I can point to. Yeah. Here's here's what I was concerned about when he came into the league because he's so young. I was afraid that he was going to go chase uh, blocked shots. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of rookies, when you look historically at young athletic big men coming into the league, a mm-hmm. lot of them have these just insane block rates early on in the career for, because they're going for everything. So they pick up a lot of blocks but they also foul a ton and you know they turn the ball over on the other side and all that he was actually a very um co- i don't want to say conservative defender because it sounds like he's not really like <laughs> aggressive but he is like he was just he was disciplined that's probably the better word yeah. like he didn't go chase shot blocking like he always preferred positioning and ang- understanding angles like he still fouled a lot but like he's a rookie it's mm-hmm. fine. Like a lot of his fouls were like reach-ins, and some of them were just like dumb fouls that he'll grow out of. Yeah. But he didn't go hunting for numbers. Like he, everything came within the flow of it. Mm. I really appreciated that for for someone like nineteen years old. Yeah. And when he comes back next year, I think he'll greatly enjoy playing alongside Mister Ten and Eleven in twenty eight minutes. Thank you, Grizzlies, for finally unleashing. <laughs> I know. Jonas Valanciunas, which I we've know. been talking about for years. And the funny thing is, they haven't really unleashed him because he's playing 28 minutes. But yeah. Val- Jonas he doesn't care. He wants to get his numbers now. And he, he's tired of waiting. So he's like, you, you're you going to give me 28 minutes? of Fine, I'll just do my 2011 in 28 minutes. That's fine. Right, yeah. Well, in his last six games, worth noting, he has played almost 34 minutes a game. And yeah, he's averaging almost 26 points, 17 rebounds, and two blocks a game. He's got a PER of 25.4 and a true shooting percentage of 60 as a member oh. of the Grizzlies. Oh, is that good? That seems good. That's kind of good. A usage range of 31 plus 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is one of my questions with the Grizzlies moving forward because Valanciunas has a $17.6 million player option for 2019 and 2020 that a month ago... If you ask me, I would have thought he picks it up without question. Oh, this no. late season surge makes me wonder if he opts out. Yes. And look, I, I always disagree with you on this, really. I think he should have opted out. I, like, he was paid a, a deal that was significantly under market value. And then it was Toronto that decided to just consistently play him less minutes than he had earned. Mm. I get that he's not, you know, the, the prototypical three-point shoot <laughs> prototypical my god this is where we've gone in 2019 the prototypical right. center is now wonder shoots threes and box shots yeah well 
He's not necessarily that type of player, but he's mm-hmm. highly productive. He can get to the free throw line. He can hit a three. Like let's not pretend he can. He does block shots, but he's not a game changing shot blocker. But his production per, on a per minute basis is so insane that you you just gotta I mean take care of this man financially. He's he's important. If we're looking at Nikola Vucevic and we're going, this guy deserves twenty million a year, and you and I have said this, why not Jonas? Yeah. Well, I mean, Vucevic does shoot threes, which is, but but I agree. I mean, Valanciunas, he's yes, he's a, a more traditional like physical, burly, back to the basket type of player. But those guys do have value still, especially right. when you're in a division with or in a conference at least with Stephen Adams and with Clint Capella. You're in a division with Clint Capella. Like there is value there. I mean, if you're going against if the Mavericks do win Zion Williamson, you're going to need a bigger, more physical guy to go against him. Or if not, you're going to want a Jonas Valanciunas who could potentially play Kristaps off the floor. It'd be very yep. interesting to see like a Kristaps versus Valanciunas battle at the five. Like Both of those guys have the potential to play each other off the floor, but Valanciunas could just go right through him every time. Like There, there is value to that type of player. So, of yeah, I mean, if you're Memphis... You know, if he opts out, how far are you willing to go to retain him? Four years. You know what? Screw it. Four years, one hundred. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I was gonna. I was wanting to see where you land there because yeah. I think the Clint Capella deal last year really screwed up market values for centers who can't shoot threes, <laughs> especially. Yeah. So I, yeah. I would think it like four years, four years, eighty million. I think would be the sweet spot. I would guess oh, they end up absolutely. Yeah, I think they end up closer to like four years, ninety. And I'm I'm still okay with that. I know it's I'm, a lot of I, money, but, but I'm okay as I said with four one hundred. But I wouldn't go over that. Like that's yeah. where my cap is. So if yeah. it ends up being four ninety, four eighty would be a steal as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Like he's twenty six. Okay, he'll be twenty seven momentarily, but still. Right, like he's just so efficient. And one thing we need to take into account in regards to all of his, you know, low minutes and all that, like he's not one of those guys who are worn out. Like yeah, he's played true. less than twelve and a half thousand career minutes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, fresh, there's going to be a lot of like miles on those. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's definitely one thing to keep an eye out for for Memphis this summer. I mean, the other thing is the Conley decision because they have mm-hmm. they have him under contract for at least one more year. He has a thirty five point four or thirty four point five million dollar early termination option for the following oh, summer. Yeah. So, I I mean, what do you do if you're the Grizzlies? Because like I I, I don't know. You I mean you could make the argument like on paper they should trade him because he could leave after next season for nothing. But at the same time, he is that valuable leader. He can be a good culture setter, teach these young guys good habits. You know, I, I think like the whole veteran leadership thing is overrated when you're bringing in like a 13th man because they're not doing much on the court to command their team's teammates respect anyway. So like, why are they right. going to listen to, you know, a, a guy who's not actively playing every night? When you got yeah. a Mike Conley who is going to war every night and is, you know, 
like you're one of your team's best players and he's still putting in the work behind the scenes i think that does send a positive message and does set a positive culture so there you're is going somewhere with this well, where, think, where are you where are you putting him brian i just think there is an argument to keep him around but like for sure on paper you almost have to trade him this summer oh i was i was thinking that you've identified someone you wanted him to you know you could acquire conley to be like a mentor for a certain guy like i don't know who but it sounded like you had someone there uh, i mean again the the lakers jump to mind for any team like of any team that needs a, a sidekick star it's the lakers so again if they strike out on all their targets and washington refuses to trade them bradley beal lake you know he's he's right along lebron's age at least in yep. terms of development curve and like yeah if you want if you're totally not out on Lonzo Ball yet and you want a veteran mentor who isn't Rajon Rondo Mike Conley seems like a perfect guy for that yeah and you can even slide Lonzo to the two or just play them together in whatever guard scenario you want right or if you're out on him just to ship him back to Memphis oh that would be interesting yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not particularly high on Lonzo Ball. I know a lot of people, especially on our beloved NBA Twitter, you know, they are high on him. I right. I, I don't really see it. I, I I have a lot of issues with how he plays, not to mention like the personality aspect and all that, but mm-hmm. Conley in LA makes more sense to me than Beal does. Like because you alluded to it, he's in a similar age group as LeBron. Like yeah. plus 30. Um, you know, Conley's what, 31, 32? Something along those lines? 32 uh, 30, soon, right? Yeah. Uh, 32 oh, in October. October. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. I I would I would probably go that route. And then I would try to see what kind of veteran players I could get for the rest of the team. And mm-hmm. just go all in for a couple of years. Because here's the thing. If they win just one ring, everything is kind of forgotten about. Like, then it doesn't matter that they move the young pieces. Like, we can go right. back... And look at the Boston example of 20, 2007, 2008. Yeah. You know, they shipped everyone off for Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett, won a championship. And, you know, that team, that particular team, like the Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett team, that's the one everyone is talking about in Boston. Like, oh, we love that team. That was so yeah, amazing. Yeah. Nobody's really talking about, hey, what if? Right, like, right. That's not a conversation. And the Lakers would have, like, a similar situation going if Mike Conley comes in and you trade like Ingram and Kuzma and whatever for like a third guy and some much needed veteran positive veteran influences mm-hmm. then why not go for it go all yeah. in when you have LeBron that's what you need to do anyway right so are you do you also agree they should trade Conley this summer yeah yeah I think you need to get what you can yeah it sucks. Like, he's not going to get better. I mean, he's, right. he's only going to get older. I know it's going to be easier to move him because his contract is going to be, you know, of less of less value the more you wait. But just just get it over with. It's like a Band-Aid. Get it over with. It's going to sting. It's going to hurt <laughs> right. because he's been fantastic. Get some get some, some whatever assets you can get, really. Yeah. And yeah, then I just mean, start over. They You could argue they waited too long for Marcus All and... You know, on paper, the haul for Gasol was pretty underwhelming. Like, Valanciunas yeah. has turned out to be great for them, but if he leaves this summer, and you know, Delon Wright's a restricted free agent, but like, 
they might not have gotten anything of long-term value depending on what happens with Valanciunas and Dillon Wright. They get like a 2024 second round pick, I think. And that's just because like, you know, it was obvious a year before they traded Gasol that they needed to trade Gasol. They dragged their feet because they didn't want to do it. Then that was the underwhelming return they got. So yeah, to your point, they could wait to trade Conley. They could assume, I mean, we don't know what he's going to do with that ETO in 2020. I mean, he's not going to get 34.5 million as a starting salary, most likely, if he opts out. Right. But maybe he wants one more, you know, like, multi-year deal. He wants some long-term security. So maybe he does decline it anyway. But uh, either he's way. He's going to be 32 at that point, though. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul was like, how old was he when he just signed a four-year max? Yeah, but that was Chris Paul. I know. But Mike Conley's I mean, good still. Mike Conley's really is. good. Look, I'm, I'm not debating that. I'm just saying that there's a name brand involved in that yeah. as well with Chris Paul. Whereas, like again, it's $34.5 million. Like, yeah. just don't look a gift horse in his mouth, right? Just take that money and then in 2021, go sign for, like, I don't know, you know $12 million a year over a couple of years. I, get, I mean, fine. like, Kyle Lowry was, that was his age 31 season when he signed. Yeah, and just grotesquely million. overpaid. Yeah, well, I mean, some, <laughs> some team will do it. I have no doubt that some team, like, if, if he opts out in 2020, some team would give him a multi-year deal pushing he should, You know what he should do? He should million. angle to actually get to Los Angeles. So because he could sign with him. Clutch. Yeah, then yeah. sign with Clutch Sports <laughs> and go, LeBron, buddy, hey, man, I came here to save your ass. Right. And my contract is up in 2021. You're going to take care of me, right? <laughs> yeah, why not? It's going to be really funny when he opts out and the Bulls are the one that signed him for the three-year, $100 million plus contract. In oh, I, I, they don't even have, like, a, a, the cap space necessary at that point. Oh, I, really? I don't think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Otto Porter contract really oh, took Oh, right, on. right, right. Rats. Well, it's going to be an interesting summer for Memphis because of Valanciunas and Conley. But, I mean, depending on what happens with that, like, if they get – some interesting prospects or picks back for Conley. They'll have their own pick. I mean, it's probably going to be somewhere in the mid lottery, but who knows? They have a twenty-seven or 26.3% chance to move up to the top four if they finish at number eight. They're also only a game, a half game out of slipping to nine, in which case their pick would go to Boston, or they could just yep. get unlucky in the lottery and their pick would go to Boston. So definitely... <laughs> A lot to be both excited and nervous about in the coming months if you are a Grizzlies fan. I would agree. And obviously, like, Valanchunas, I, to me, he's the number one thing going into this summer. Yeah. Like, you need to take care of him. And and if not, if they deem that Valanchunas is, you know, not on the same age level as, as Jaron Jackson Jr. in terms of their development, mm-hmm. like... What do you actually look to revive an an, an old golden oldie and look for a sign-in trade? No, I think you do it. I mean, you you sign him and try to flip him you, later. You Blake Griffin him? Yeah, but I think they at least should. They haven't seen those two guys play together, have they? Or maybe they played for like nope. a couple of games. Yeah, I, I I don't think they have. But if they have, it's been very very brief because yeah, was without with a hand injury as well. So oh right 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 yeah. So like I I think you if you're the Grizzlies you have at least have to try to see that in action before you make any yeah big decisions. 
I think that's a good place to wrap up, Mort. So thank you, everyone, for listening today. We will be back with another by Felicia with the Lakers. Finally, the last time we will talk about the Lakers until they fire Luke Walton. Uh, in the meantime, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker. So check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I am Brian Toporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. Take care, man. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance hi it's jamie progressive number one number two employee leave a message at the hey jamie it's me jamie this is your daily pep talk i know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group mad harmony but you will bounce back i mean you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the name your price tool it should be you giving me the pep talk now get out there hit that high note and take mad harmony all the way to nationals this year sorry it's pitchy Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.